the truth is, um, we really do not understand and we are unable to quantify the role of men and the lives of men. I tell you the truth. Um, if God opened our eyes to see it, we might not really be able to see it, you know. It amazes me that in Ephesians chapter 4, after all the glorious drama of Jesus' death and resurrection, and when the new, when the new creation was, was birthed, in Ephesians chapter 4, the Bible says that the same that ascended, first of all, descended, and all that story, true story, powerful story. And the end of all of it was that he gave gifts to men. Like he did all of that so he could give gifts to men. And um, if you imagined and checked where he was coming from and the things he, have, he has done, you know, making a public show of the enemy, blotting out ordinances, with all those spectacular stuffs, if he's going to give gifts to men, you would expect him to give us some type of amazing, deep stuff. Like if the Bible said he gave us jasper or sardine or something very mystical, it will really fit into the old sacrifice. But guess what? He gave gifts to men and the gifts he could give to men are who? Amen. And so... God finished everything he did and the best he could give to you is a man. So if you despise men, you despise life. i tell you the truth. As simple as this is, this is everything. If you despise men, you despise life. God cannot help a man that men cannot reach. Yeah, he can. i tell you the truth. The, the rich man told Jesus, he said, send some people to go and warn my guys. He said, send people from heaven. And Jesus said what? He says, they have men. <laughs> he says, they have men. Nothing mystical. Nobody's going to come from the clouds. They have men. It is illegal for you to suffer when you have men. It's an illegality. Listen, even if you don't have yourself, but you have men, you, through those men, recover yourself. And if you think you have yourself and throw away men, you will eventually lose yourself. I tell you the truth. Men, are, men is God's electricity plan for you. And at the same time, it's God's stabilizer plan for you. They power you, they stabilize you. I tell you the truth. If you are casual with men, you are casual with God. God judges your response to him as you respond to men. You are not more spiritual than your interaction with men. Your spirituality is proven on how you relate with men. So, we don't have to know, we can't really judge whether you love God or not. All we need to check is if you love men. And we don't have to go find out. God doesn't have to tell us whether you honor him or not. What do we find out? If you honor men, 
and, and, and that's the standard. He always judges our attitude towards him by our attitudes towards others. He's not, he's not deceived by your morning devotion. He's judging you by your afternoon interactions. You get the point, friends. I tell you, life is cheap if wisdom is available. The hardness of life is not that hard. Life is hard. The hardness of life is absence of wisdom. Are we together, friends? And so, and so, sometimes when you see the honor of men in display, don't think it's the worship of God. Don't think it's um, it's been it's been a psychophant. Don't think so. If you don't tremble at the words of a man, God doesn't have to appear to you. You think if God appeared to you, you would tremble. It's not true. It's an it's your assumption that if I can just hear God, no. Because that man you are seeing is created in the image and the likeness of God. Are we together here? And they asked him, when did we see you? He says, when the way you treated the least, is that it was me you were engaging. When did we see you? Was it Thomas or Philip that asked him? He said, show us the father. You know that my favorite scripture. He said, how will you ask me, show me the father the father? He, he, he counts it as insane. How will you ask me, show us the father? If you have seen me, you have seen the father. The father is revealed in men. So, don't, you don't have to tell God to God, take me deeper and all those kind of stuff. It's good, but a man will take you deeper. Just a man. A man will take you deeper. Men are powerful. Men are very powerful. Their role is, is serious. If you cannot identify the role of men in your life, you will not, you will not gather momentum. Can you tell somebody, men are God's plan for you? Men are God's plan for you. Um, may you engage the right ones. May the right ones be installed in your life. Do you see men as, do you even see men as installations? I told you Jesus did everything and the summary of it is that he gave gifts to men. Some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists. And what was their work? Their work is to get the people to be like Jesus. So the question is, Jesus, if you want us to be like you, why don't you just come and meet us directly? He says, no. His plan, his wisdom is through men. Are you with me? So don't, don't joke with men. Say the ones God has given you. Don't joke with your spouse. Don't joke with your wife. Don't joke with your husband. Amen. Are we together now? You don't even have to check whether you love God if you're married. Just check if you love your wife. The love with which you engage your, your wife is the love by which... And the wife doesn't have to check whether she's submissive to God. You don't even have to ask God, God, am I submissive to you? Go and ask your husband. <laughs> yeah. It's like that. Men, our engagement with men is, our, is the measure of our spirituality. Glory to God. Alright, so 
I said in the next 30, 40 minutes, I'll hand over the service. Um, now it remains 30 minutes. I used five minutes just now. I'm checking the time. Glory to God. Are you happy to see the person that is seated beside you? Are you sure? Let the person not be without doubt. Take away all the doubt. Amen. So, I want, I want to do a, a, a 30 minutes charge. But I need to tell you the end of that charge. The end. Before I start. So that you won't be enjoying the charge. When I end it, you know, I say, okay. There's a cause. There's a plan. Now, the end of this charge is that I'm going to raise a hundred man army today. Yeah. Yeah, hundred. Hundred man army. And um, we're going to have a 12 months commitment two weeks ago there about I'm definite the Lord has asked us that it is time to finally purchase this place are you with me I think did I tell you last week yeah I mentioned last week and I told you I was going to give you the strategy right yeah today and God gave us a strategy and we're going to follow that strategy because whenever you obey God you have a miracle Whenever. I'm so excited about this. Whenever you obey God, you have a miracle. Every time you obey God, you have a miracle. You see, sometimes you want, you want, Chris, come. Sometimes you are trusting God for a 50 million Nera house. And you expect God to give you 50 million. Yes, he will. But you see, sometimes that 50 million is connected to some kind of obedience he inspires you to do. And many times that instruction might not even be connected to the 50 million. And you think God is not making sense. You can be needing 50 million and God is saying, be praising me. And you're wondering, what's the connection between praise and 50 million? He is God. And I told you, he doesn't just open doors. He is a door. So when you think there is one door that has access, that is the access to a particular place, he determines where the door is because he is the door. If God stands here, we can as well pass here to the other side of this building. Yeah. Are you with me? So miracles have nothing to do with your mental calculations. Miracles do not obey the laws of your logic and the laws of your mind. It doesn't. And that's why many times you think a miracle will not happen because all your mental, uh, all the, you were trusting God, but the reason you were trusting God is that you've mentally had calculated how it will happen. And there were four ways you planned it. And in the process, all the four ways did not work out. And so you think God is done. No. He's not just a maker of way. He's the way. 
How many ways did I tell you God has to bless you? How many? I told you the amount. Eh? 855 billion, 566 million trillion ways. You remember the number, right? <laughs> I tell you the truth. So, <laughs> so you are most accurate whilst you are obeying. Your obedience is your accuracy. Listen, your obedience is more sure than your account. If God tells you to obey him, don't think you have what it takes to achieve that thing. When you, when you are caught off of obedience, you would have to increase the level of your hard work. That's the scripture that says obedience is better than sacrifice. Anytime we don't obey, we want to sacrifice. God says, sit down. Immediately you don't sit down. You'll be looking for something great to do. To make God forget that you didn't sit down. God says, sit down. He said, God, I'll build you a cathedral. He says, sit down. <laughs> Yeah, that's what happens. Whenever we don't obey God, we look for something tough to prove to God. They told Saul, kill all the, everybody, kill all the animals. I said, don't worry, I'll use everything for sacrifice. It's more difficult to use it for sacrifice. And to akin than what? The fat of rams. Because when you don't akin, you want to bring a big offering. So that God cannot look at the offering and say, oh, they try, no, no. Are you with me, friend? So you can take confidence in the fact, are you with me? That I can obey my way into fulfillment of divine purpose. So, you could, so it's okay to look at your life and see that you do not have the tool set or the resources to achieve divine destiny. It's okay that if I look at myself and I don't have any logical or practical way of achieving divine purpose, then I can be fine. Because I know obedience is the surest route. That if I had all the resources and lacked obedience, I'm not even sure of getting into destiny. But if I don't have all the resources and stay in obedience, obedience is a producer of resources. Are you together with me? Obedience is powerful. They were meant to feed 5,000 men. And how did Jesus tell disciples to do? He said, tell them to sit down. Sit first. Now, the problem is that there is no money. The problem is there is no bread. And Jesus' first solution is for people to sit down. What is the connection between sitting and having enough money to buy bread? What's the connection? He said, let them sit in 50s. Maybe it's after there is bread, we can say people should sit. There is something about sitting. When you sit down with a table before you, you have an assumption that food is, food is in the corner. Jesus did not have food. He told people to sit. And many times we don't obey those kind of instructions because you wait for something. Listen. By the time God is going to show up, he doesn't want you running to try and fix what you should have fixed before he came. He is God. You are not the one that is God. So the proof that you are waiting on God is that you do all that you can do. When he comes, he comes as king. He doesn't come that you will not be running around to do what you can do. So the proof that we are waiting on God is that we do all we can do. Then he now comes as king and settles the rest. 
Are you together, my friend? So he, he gives you an instruction. He tells you to do something that is sometimes insignificant. Sometimes appears irrelevant. Sometimes appears stupid. And to labor in prayer has ended when the Lord has given an instruction. See, if you have a challenge and God gives you an instruction, just go and do it. To still be troubling him is off key. He can't bless you more than the instruction he has given you. Mary went to a wedding. The wine had finished. And she knows how these things work. And she found out the wine had finished. The people were, were bothered. He caught them. He went to meet Jesus and said, uh, Boy, the wine has finished. He said, So what's my business? She stopped talking to him. She called the servants and said, Whatever he tells you to do, do. I know the boy. We live in the same house. We live in the same house. There's nothing he has told us to do. All the times we did not obey him, we entered trouble. Every time we obeyed him, we had a miracle. Just whatever he tells you to do, do. And the, the issue was that there was no wine. And Jesus' way of solving it is that they should go and fetch water. What's the connection between wine and, and water? It says, and fill the jar. And after they filled all the jars, he didn't even first turn it to wine in their presence. He didn't say, Halede Bahadova, wine, wine. He didn't do all of that. Are you with me? See, you have to be strong. You have to, to work with Jesus, you have to be bold. Without your boldness, you can't enter partnership. Yeah. You have to be bold though. See the first disciples also. The, he did not multiply the bread before giving them. He gave thanks and gave them five. They had five loaves of bread. He said, go and feed the people. That's how to work with Jesus. Not that he multiplied the bread. We're now taken out of the plenty bread. That's not your Jesus. So when you think you are waiting on him, he's many times waiting on you. I tell you, no weak person will do great things with Jesus. So you have to be bold. And that's why I love Pastor Dedi's message today. You have, to, you have to step out and be bold. He will, not fin- he will not finish everything. You will now see. No, he's not like that. He will give you a word and expect you to step out. Listen, if there is no possibility of disgrace, there can never be assurance of miracle. He puts you in a place where you can be disgraced. Until you step out that way, you will see miracle. If you are still concerned about preserving your self-image, you can't work with God. He's... He, he, <laughs> but when you step out, you will now find out that those who are with you are more. I'm telling you. How do you take five loaves of bread and two fishes if your brain has not not? Those are the people who work with Jesus. He tampers with your head. And they went. And whilst they were giving the people, the thing was now multiplying in the process. He told the other guys to go and take, go and take the water. Water. It, had, it hadn't turned to wine. <laughs> they didn't even taste it. Because if they had tasted it, I don't even know what they would have tasted. And he said, go and give it to the chief, the governor of the party. <laughs> At least, if you allow the friends first drink it. He said, go and give it to the governors. 
Because he wants to, you see, he wants to partner with you. He wants you to have the heart of a miracle worker. He doesn't want you to just be some flimsy guy. Go and get, you to carry you, you to you are somebody. That's what he's trying to say. You are somebody, you are a God. Carry it to the governor. Say, governor, there's wine now. We are provided wine. If the governor had drank that thing that day. If the governor, their heads were gone. You know, it's not this kind of democracy we are doing now. It's not what was happening those days. You carried water to governor. I say it's white. Oh, my Jesus is sweet. Listen, this year you are going to take steps. Ah, you didn't hear me. I said you are going to take steps this year. BC, did you hear me? You are going to take what? Steps this year. You are going to take steps. Because the Lord spoke. He said, go give it to the governors. The guy went and gave it. Those guys went and gave it to the governor. And when the governors drank it, they said, ah, most people bring their worst wine in the end of the party. After everybody has gone drunk and they cannot really differentiate anymore. He said, you brought the best at the ending of the party. Those guys says, we have money in this family. Says, that's how we do. That's how we, the last party we did last year, that's how we did it. He gives glory to the weak. Listen, you are going to do, you, this year you have to do stuff that can only be connected to Jesus' power. That's the type of life you are, are permitted to live. Are we together now? Chris, go sit down. That's how you build your 50 million house. And God permits us to use natural things. You see, if your spirituality cannot be translated to natural things, it's fake. Because if it stays in the spirit, we can't know whether you are getting it or not. That's why don't be comfortable and say healing is in the spirit or prosperity is in the spirit. Yes, it is. But some are in the flesh. How would you know if you don't see stuff? Are we together, friends? And so I said this to say that we are going to follow this strategy. I'm going to raise a hundred man army. Um, and um, we're going to make a commitment. Emphasis on commitment. Emphasis. God is putting a demand on us and is asking us to, and God doesn't have to. Are you with me? God, I say, God doesn't have to. If we, if we put it on ourselves, it's enough. What we'll be doing is that in the next 12 months, we're going to decide to give a portion of our income for 12 months every month. I know some of you have plans to do chunk. Yeah, a lot of you have been doing chunk. But as, aside that, you are going to do a portion of your income. Starting from 10,000 there. For the sake of this project, if you want to do less than that, do it, you and God, it will still work. But for the sake of this project and for the sake of the mathematics, we'll do... 10,000 era at least. So some will do 10, some will do 20, some will do 30, some will do 50, some will do 100, some will do a million, 2 million, 10 million, 15 million. Ah, when you are saying amen, I'm afraid of. Because as you are saying amen, it will not be in God's hands. Say, God, the Lord will do it. I don't want amen. 
Say yes. I don't. Don't say amen. Amen is, amen is spiritual scam. I don't want to hear amen. Which amen? Are we together now? And so we'll do that for the next 12 months. I told you we've got two, we had two miracles consecutively back to back. Last year, our Chinese landlord returned our rent. Yeah. We sent the rent to them and they said they don't want. And they returned it. This year, we paid the rent for this space. They returned it again some weeks back and said, you guys should have it. No, those are the kind of things God does. Those are the kind of things you should expect in your life. Those are the, stop expecting what your brain can conceive. We never prayed for them to return rent. All our prayers are, Father, supply this year's rent in the name of Jesus. That's the prayer. We didn't know that there is another way God can do it. That you are asking God to give you money to pray. And God says, okay, what if they don't collect rent? <laughs> See, this God there is <laughs> greater than your brain. Yeah. And so, we've, we've had that miracle twice. And we felt like we would just go ahead and purchase this place. And so we have a 12 month window and I feel the Lord is asking us to be committed um, and we want to be committed for 12 months. Let me show you a scripture. Don't worry, I'm looking at the time. I said 30 minutes. I'm looking at the time. I'm looking at the time. In Luke chapter 16, there was a particular guy. I think it starts from verse 12 there about, or verse 1. In Luke chapter 16, there was a particular guy who was working for a rich man. And um, from verse 1, he was working for a rich man. And um, the rich man got offended at the guy. The rich man who received an, an accusation that his manager was squandering his possessions. There was a certain rich man who had a steward and an accusation was brought to him that his man was wasting his goods. So he called him and said to him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you can no longer be a steward. Now he was going to lose his, he was going to lose his managerial role on what grounds? Huh? Mismanagement, right? But what was the, what was the leader's challenge with him? Uh, he said, give an account, right? Whether you, whether you mismanage or not is not the issue now. Give me an account. Praise God. When I was younger, when I was younger, I used to think that as a spiritual man, you don't need to have an account. Yeah. I had to get a rebuke from the Lord. Even everything we do, prayer has no account. You pray as you feel like, right? Just freestyle. Everything you do, no account. You don't have a structure or a system that governs your life. It's a structure that, that holds greatness every time. Not, not talent. Talent gives hope 
that there could have been greatness. Structure assures it. Yeah. Talent and skill does not assure greatness. It's structure that does it. You see, because by, by knowledge, we can fill a house. But it is by wisdom that a house is built. Yeah. And wisdom speaks of structure. And that's why God is, is wise enough to place the church on the prophetic and apostolic mantle because they are the governmental mantles that bring structure to the body of Christ. The church is not placed in the hands of evangelists. Evangelists perform their role, but it's the apostles and prophets and they represent structure, vision and structure. Are you with me, friends? So it says, you are mismanaged, you know, but that's not the issue. Give me account. And you think I'm wrong. Check it. Give an account of your stewardship or, or you, or you know, for you can no longer be a steward. See what happened. Quickly. Then the steward said with him, he said, what shall I do? For my master is taking the stewardship away from me. I cannot dig. I'm ashamed to beg. I, that means I'm, I'm, I'm not really a hardworking guy like that. And I'm, and I'm proud also. I can't dig. I'm ashamed again. I have resolved what I would do. That when I'm put out of stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his master debtors to him. Now, those who were doing business with him. And said to the first, how much do you owe my... You are the one selling. You are the one selling. And you are asking those you sold to. How much do you owe? Is this a useless man? No account. How much do you owe? Now, which of you will tell the truth how much you are owing? When the person you are owing does not even have enough sense account to know how much they are owing. A freestyle guy just said, how much do you owe? He said the hundred measure of us. So he said, take your bill, sit down quickly, write 50. <laughs> so he didn't have an account to check what those guys were owing. He was, he was at that point, he now had to create account and start writing. Is he useless, man? No account. He said, how much are you owing? That one said, I'm owing 100. Listen, there's nothing deep about being disorganized. Friends, I tell you the truth. And if it's... And that's why I thank God for some of the gifts of people around because my natural person, the one, the one Satan, the work Satan did is disorganization. And that's why I always look for how to augment my disorganization. I augment it by having responsible people around me. So you think I'm organized. It's either I and Obi that is organized. Me, I'm not organized. Me and DG were not, were not organized. <laughs> Take off for Lulu in his life. Or at the same time. Lulu, did you enter his room before marrying him? <laughs> no, you, I, what am I asking? If that happened, you won't be married to him. So. <laughs> For you to be married to him, you didn't enter his room. No, you couldn't have. Are you with me, friends? Structure. You, you, have to have, you have to have a structure. You have to have a system. God rides on it. Yeah. You have to have a plan. You have to have a strategy. You see, that strategy is not what will bring the miracle. It's what will culture your heart. 
Yeah. And it's a proof of expectation. And so as a church, we're going to now position ourselves for that. Our last negotiation with those guys was about 40 million thereabout. We hope it stays the same. Or it goes lesser. Or if they increase it, I don't know how God wants to work. Or they return. Or they return. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Why not? We're about paying. They just say, didn't you guys know we've already given you guys? <laughs> Are you with me, friend? We will raise a hundred man team today. Have hundred people who will say, Lord, in the next 12 months, I'm going to be committed. You see, the emphasis is commitment. I'm going to be committed. 10,000, 20,000. And if I've not called what you can give, you better decide to give it yourself to the Lord. But we're starting for 10,000 because of some of the math we're doing. We have 100. We're also going into some, a lot of savings this period whilst we trust God doing what he cannot do. Are you ready for this? Yes, sir. Uh, let's, let's, are you listening to me? Yes, let's lead an healthy church. Let's lead an healthy church. Let's never need to tell a lie when it's time to raise an offering. Let's never need it. Are you with me? Let's never need, let's never need to bring a bishop and tell us stories that never happened. I told you many years ago, wanted to buy a car. We invited one man because we wanted to buy a car in my last place. And the man lied. I can't forget that day. I was part of the leaders that organized that meeting. The man lied. Guess what? The people really gave. And that's how unhealthy sometimes people can be. Are you with me? But like um, this is what I've been saying lately, we are going to put our money where our mouth is. Yeah. We are committed to the kingdom. Yes, sir. And listen, we are not only going to purchase this place, we are going to purchase this street. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was in this story, it said, it was at this point, and I said, he that is not faithful in another man's, he says, who shall commit his own to him? Eh? What's that? He that is not faithful to what? Another. To another man. So when God gives you the opportunity to be faithful to another man, what's his original plan? Your own is in the corner. Am I preaching here? That the real agenda is your own. And the fee you are allowed to pay is the fee of faithfulness. Faithfulness is a fee to receive your own that God has ordained for you. You're faithful to another. So anytime you hear about a curse around you, it's because there is a blessing for you in the corner. And God is wanting you to respond in what? In faithfulness. Are we ready for this? Yes. We're going to do this with a lot of excitement, with a lot of joy. Yes. I, I have already decided what I'll be giving monthly, aside from the chunk that I'll give. You understand? Giving for me is a revelation that has transformed my life. I told you two years ago, just as if God knew, definitely God knew there was going to be Corona. 
God commanded me to give an offering. He said, give this offering. He said, this offering will change your life. And I said, okay. And I went ahead, pew, gave the offering, the biggest I'd given at that time, two years ago. And I got that same exact seed from 2020, from January 1 to, December, to the end of December. Every month, I get that exact, exact same seed. Two months, I didn't get it. But the next month that followed it, I got times two of it. You know, one, of, one stubborn goat was delayed. That's almost what happened. Because it's a cycle. It's a cycle. Never delay when God commands you. Don't think God will just... We are, we, are, we are a community. Listen, if somebody does not cook in your house, everybody will go hungry. Even though there's food in the house. If you don't play your part, it affects the kingdom. Don't think he's a supernatural God. If somebody does not answer, it takes another circle at times for him to prepare another person. It's not... There was a time God, a few years back, I was meant to give an offering and I was delaying. I was supposed to step in my leg in the bedroom and go, I mean, what's wrong with you? I said, give an offering. What's wrong with you? Because there's somebody that is, have you not received offerings that came at the exact time? Don't allow people doubt whether God was lying to them. You see, God has told somebody, by this time next year, I'm going to bring this. Because he thinks you have sense. I'm telling you, God has told somebody before the, before 9 p.m. And then he goes to meet his son and say, please. And I say, is it the Lord? Is it not the Lord? And God, so you don't know my voice again. You don't. Oh dear, I won't see. You don't know my. <laughs> Listen, any money you don't feel joy while spending it is not your own. I'm telling you. That's how I know. When, for, when, when an offering comes and the joy of spending leaves me, that's how I know it's not my own. Because you don't feel excited eating a seed. Anything that is not sweet in my heart is not my own. I want to spend it. I'm feeling one kind. Ah, It's not your own. I let it go. And I let it go with, with joy. It didn't start that way. You grow. So some of you, don't say because you don't have joy, you will not give that. Pastor Zach, when I... <laughs> When I reach a level, I don't have joy yet. I didn't start with joy. Listen, I tell you the listen, I tell you the truth, I lie not. Whenever I'm giving, I kneel down and I say, God, thank you. Listen, I'm not I've not added anything to this story. I say, Father, I just want to thank you. You have blessed me again. I just thank you, Father. Thank you for telling me and leading me to give. I give you praise. You are so kind. You see, because I don't have another business i'm doing the only business i have is giving and receiving i don't have i don't sell matches i don't sell crocodile i don't do anything <laughs> if, <laughs> i must perfect divine economy see the yellow guy i went to marry now all this was if there's poverty you quickly know <laughs> if i married a dark person it will show so to maintain, I maintain us. 